Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of the I Want Your Flex podcast. Mike Arman alongside Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer, contributor, and defensive specialist. That's right. He'll teach you how to protect yourself uh, from oncoming onslaughts of would-be uh, assassins and offenses to shore up your fantasy uh, lineup and find points because we need them from every active position. Uh, at Ryan Bershinger, where you find him on Twitter. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Uh, having some fun with you here midweek as we get ready for week eight of the National Football League season. No buys this week, but we're a week away from Halloween. I'm sure everybody's got their costumes picked out, or if not, you just shut your lives off and tell the kids to beat it, uh, and mostly the adults that are coming around grubbing and, and begging for candy at this point. Uh, but the the idea, Bursch, is we got a week until the NFL trade deadline, uh, the scary part of the season where guys may have to uh, say goodbye to the homes that they've built, uh, the teams that they become accustomed to, and the uh, local delicacies for new environments, perhaps chances to win, but for fantasy purposes, maybe a new lease on life in the second half of the season. Yeah, and that's what we hope, right? We're hoping to to find guys uh, falling into uh, circumstances that are better for them. Obviously, like last year, looking at the trade deadline, of course, when you move Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be uh, a monster wherever he goes. But he happened to go to a situation that was even better for him, and he's you know he's been able to be Christian McCaffrey. And then on the flip side, 
sorry, I have to do this, Mike, but the, the first thought that comes to mind on the flip side is, well, hey, uh, this talented receiver just got into a situation where they, they, in essence, spent a first-round pick to get him, and they need a receiver, so maybe this will work for him. Of course, that was Chase Claypool. and uh, I hate you I and know. everything you stand for. <laughs> Uh, what what is uh, somewhat uh, exciting to see? Look, I, and and you know the general mantra of the show that I do with Jason Smith and all the work you and I and Dan Byer have done. Dan's still on vacation, still on assignment, scouting uh, possible locales for us to build a, a giant. Uh, fantasy football factory brew yes. house uh, in the Midwest. Yes. Uh, so he'll be back soon enough. Uh, send him your love at Dan Byer on Fox. Um, but with the Chase Claypool and just anybody that is let go by Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick, I'm going underneath the hood and I'm really trying to find out what the hell <laughs> the guy's deal is. Yeah. Particularly right now, I mean, look, and we, we can chuckle about Belichick and the uh, decisions that they've made in the evaluation process in terms of wide receivers and some of the other positions, uh, but the guy still knows how to coach, whatever anybody wants to say about that. Uh, as for Tomlin, when he's had it with someone who's still under contract, at a very reasonable deal, right, for where Claypool was drafted and all of those things, and he's willing to say beat it, leaves you a reason for pause. Mm-hmm. And in his first snaps for the Miami Dolphins, you saw more of the reasons why uh, he wasn't on the field and was eventually told to just stay home by the Bears. Uh, the lack of effort. See, mm-hmm. I can't even say effort. <laughs> or lack thereof. No, there's no pretending that he gave any kind of effort as a blocker. If the ball's not called for him, he's not running his routes, and he's sure as hell not giving you any effort in the blocking scheme, which is what I think Miami was kind of hoping, uh, that he would be a guy to help set picks and, and maybe mm-hmm. just chip a little bit to, to break free all those speedsters, and uh, that's a disaster. So uh, for your fantasy uh, sakes and certainly uh, – no, actually, you're Packer fans so screw you yeah. <laughs> uh is you know i, I hope I, I hope that those guys don't find you um you, you guys have you got to find a running back or somebody uh to, to find some sort of uh balance in the force there because yeah. jones and you need jones to be up and available right. and anywhere near you know if we were on a uh, video game anywhere near his health meter at 100 mm-hmm. uh but in terms of looking at would be obvious sellers. Here's the problem, Bursch. Mm-hmm. We've only got a couple of teams. Yeah. Right? Because everybody is, quote unquote, in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. If you did those giant things that we love to talk about in the hunt, in the mix, whatever, there's only a few teams that are really falling behind to where you evaluate and say, well, we, we, we're done. Mm-hmm. Right? Otherwise, you, you got a bunch of teams where you can still sell some hope. And let's face it, in the room with, with most owners, and management groups that aren't terribly patient, the last thing they're they're going to say is, all right, we're done after week seven because they're going to be out of a job, yeah. right? So, like, the throw your hands up you know, and having job security to say, okay, we know this year is not ours. Let's start working towards the future. We don't, we don't have that in a lot of organizations where you can get the pat on the back and say, all right, let, let's reboot it and, and let's go. Most of these guys are looking over their shoulders going, if we suddenly go on a losing streak, the fans will be mad and the owners, you know, hair trigger enough because they have their own cash which is why we always keep an eye on the Chargers, Bears, teams like that, where they, they don't like to carry second contracts. Mm-hmm. 
right, uh, and, uh, and and pay out a guy who's no longer there, right? The Raiders famously uh, saying, "Sue me." Go ahead and beat it, Shanahan. <laughs> you know, things of that nature. So it, it's just that curiosity. So, like, when we look at obvious, hey, they should be, you come down to Denver, Tennessee, the Raiders, just the extra body that is Hunter Renfro at this point, mm-hmm. and Arizona. Yeah. And, and then, the re- like, in terms of skill position players that might be ahead, there's going to be a lot of activity for defense. I have no doubt of that, right? Frank mm-hmm. Clark heading back to Seattle is is the latest report as you and I sat down to do the re- recording. So, you know, Denver's more or less saying, hey, come and get it. Yeah, and that's what's interesting, too, is is you look at, like, for example, the Panthers. They, they seem like a team that absolutely should be selling, and you have a guy like Adam Thielen who's having a great season, and uh, you can get strong value for him. But it feels like we haven't heard his name mentioned at all because I think the idea there is you want to give Bryce Young as much of a shot as he can his first year, and he's, he's obviously, Thielen's uh, been excellent for them. He's a veteran presence as a receiver, and he gives uh, Bryce a very reliable options so uh, when you look at a team like the Panthers it makes sense for them to to hold on to an asset like Thielen but well yeah. yeah I mean the only thing you could do there is is if you trade him you basically have to sit Bryce Young down and just say yeah. your season's over yeah because you don't have and I hate this because they're all professionals but I've just got to be real with it you don't have a legitimate one or two on that roster no. right now yeah no, absolutely. So what why go through the charade of here let's let's have you throw to nothing. Mhm. All, yeah. all all due respect to maybe Jonathan Mingo eventually develops. Marshall I know has been grousing about his um playing time and and snaps and and just availability in general. But beyond that you, you got nothing. So I th- I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It's like on, on in on paper given their offer it would make sense to say, hey, let's go get assets, but you're actually uh, damning Bryce Young if you do. Yeah, and given especially their their run game, uh, yeah, Miles Sanders is hurt right now, but let's be real, when he's been healthy, uh, looking at the healthy performances from their running backs, Chuba Hubbard's been the better running back for them. 100%. So uh, they've, they've got to give uh, uh, Bryce as much of a, a chance as they can and uh, and roll with the, the pieces that they have to, to give him a shot to develop in this rookie season. So yeah, we are going to look more at teams like the Broncos uh, or the Cardinals or or maybe even the Patriots. I mean, they don't seem to have many pieces that, that they can move, but the, the Titans especially. Now with, uh, a, you know, you have the flip side here where Will Levis is going to get some looks this week, and sure, you, they want to be able to help their rookies, but also they've opened the door already to selling, and they seem like a team where it makes a lot of sense for them to sell as many parts as they can. Yeah, by already opening the door, as you say, and, and Bayard being uh, shipped out uh, to Philadelphia, you're at least uh, willing to to hear, mm-hmm. and we we go team to team, and and you're trying to figure out what what is a discernible asset, and, and that's the other thing is what what does Tennessee from a receiving core really have that you're excited about? Burks hasn't been able to get on mm-hmm. the field, wasn't terribly effective when he was, and and part of this is you're trying to weigh the per- receivers' performance versus Tannehill's performance versus what the team has been all all along. I don't know if you saw the early morning uh, Wednesday 
back and forth. Like Mike Vrabel already looks like a man who's just salty as all mm-hmm. hell. Yeah. Uh, fighting uh, with reporters about the quarterback position, right? Levis versus Willis mm-hmm. and and whatever else. And and I know uh, you, you can't tell me. And you were you were in the studio watching all the games on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, I, I think, was motivated perhaps a little bit one to get the three hundred, but also for the fact that they feeded and celebrated Mike Vrabel, and he used the term "we." <laughs> during that whole ceremony. So I think that was kind of a, a blank you. Uh, not only do I have a contract extension, but I can also win football games. So go ahead and beat it uh, there. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who you acquired last year, see a guy that, you know, can, can you flip? But what are you getting? Spare parts. Yeah. Like based on, you know, pennies on the dollar. You thought it was going to come in and be a big move. Burks, like I said, can't stay healthy. And performance uh, had had been spotty. Westbrook, Akinahe, um, yeah. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I don't, and I probably just got his name completely wrong. And I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> um, but but that's it, right? Your tight end position, Okonkwo, um is is a guy that we've liked as kind of a ninja mm-hmm. on the radar kind of guy. But I mean, there's no trade value there. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it goes all the way down to old number twenty-two and Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And certainly, there's enough teams that could use a, a bolstering to their run game. Mm-hmm. Buffalo first and foremost in terms of would-be contenders. Mm-hmm. I mean, James Cook is good at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Damian Harris, but he got hurt. So, you know, you you look at that squad. Perhaps there's an opportunity to be to make some noise there. Um, we we always talk about the Chiefs and their run game and and being a workload split. Does anybody want to make them richer? I mean, it would really be the prices have to be right, <laughs> right. to really make anything happen there. <laughs> and, and look, again, if, if you're looking to get out from under the contract because you've got Spears, who's been really good for you, mm-hmm. and the snap count and everything else, that, that perhaps maybe it doesn't have to be the, the same push. But it, it's just curious. Derrick Henry, you know, we, we always try to figure out where running backs are going to find the end of that road and the cliff. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that he's there yet. Mm. But, you know, what? what's the investment that a team wants to make thinking that's the jolt in the arm they need? Yeah, uh, I think looking at Henry's situation and kind of just looking at some of the NFC contenders, there's a couple names that I, I find to be really interesting. And again, I don't I don't know if if money works, if payroll and all that. But let's just let's just have fun and, and speculate. Sure. Um, of course, I mean. What team uh, loves to acquire big names more than the Dallas Cowboys? 100%. And, and you look at a situation where you bring back the thunder and lightning of Pollard and Zeke. Uh, you you bring in Derrick Henry as that thunder piece instead. Uh, that would definitely bring a jolt. And we'll bring up the Cowboys again because, um, I, I as as you've mentioned on, on your show, um, they should definitely be in the market for a receiver. Well, uh, why don't we stay with Dallas yeah. now? I mean, mm-hmm. look, Jerry Jones with his quote, he was on 105.3 The Fan for his weekly uh, hot take nonsense. Yes. Uh, and he threw out the, well, we're not going to be the ones calling. Mm-hmm. It's like, then then quit. <laughs> then then let someone else, you know, pull the trigger here yeah. uh, and get after it. You need to get better. Because out of the other side of his mouth saying that, I don't know that we're as good as the 49ers. Mm-hmm. 
and, and Eagles right now, but still saying, hey, we like what we have, the, the two are incongruous, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so get, get someone on the phone, yeah. either at running back or at wide receiver. You need some juice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and looking at options at receiver there, um, you have we've mentioned the Broncos, and what they do have is is a couple pieces of receiver that could uh, could be very easily sells with with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Um, I think either one of those would work. I think Sutton's probably the better fit there. Uh, just you know, a little bit more experience, and uh, you would you would be a, a strong complement as a two to Ceedee Lamb. Um, if uh, yeah, I think I think there's there's definite opportunity to acquire a good receiving piece uh, for for the Cowboys there. Yeah, I, I look at it, and I mean Sutton, I think is the guy that for the full tree mm. is a better complement to what cd does Mm -hmm. and look cd lamb's a guy that comes under fire and i think uh recklessly uh in our business a (laughs) bit i i i just don't know that um he's a guy i I would think you'd force feed the ball a little little bit Mm because physically i i think i'd put him up against most of the other uh Mm -hmm. upper echelon wide receivers let's just put it that way with judy there's just so many questions about the guy right now like, was it just a, a misunderstanding with Steve Steve Smith, or, or is he that into his feels mm-hmm. that much? Because if he is, then you can't go to Dallas. Yeah. The way the microscope works there and the way, I mean, you don't get a free pass there. <laughs> they love you. I mean, you may with Jerry Jones, but sure as hell not with fans and media at this point. I mean, the we talk about the blinding spotlight micah parsons crying about it on podcasts and i mm-hmm. love micah parsons but way too much energy spent on how mm-hmm. much people talk about him and and whatever it's like go play football yeah. <laughs> um and look you know and, and our job is to pontificate wax poetic and and sometimes it gets into the hot take world and and we know what we know and and we recognize we're not nfl players or uh, didn't play the game. Guys that want to go into that world and, and slap fight each other, they can have it. For us, look, we, we offer an opinion, and if that's enough to pierce the soul of a man uh, and, and get him worried about the noise, then and then Godspeed. Um, you know, it's it, you, you really, the old... Uh, you know, concern yourself with the outside noise, worry about the what's in between the white lines. But as long as people aren't, you know, slanderous and just over the top. But, right. you know, we know there's a certain percentage that are going to do that for clicks. Uh, <laughs> part, of, part of the whole Chris Russo, I'm retiring or not, is the hot <laughs> hot take nonsense of it all. I, I didn't recognize that the man still was doing so much work, so good for him yeah. <laughs> uh, to get all his shows mentioned and everybody excitable. Uh, but, you know, to that line of thinking – you know that that's not my cup of tea. I, c- I can't play that bit uh, and, and try to do that. Uh, you know, and go look myself in the mirror. <laughs> but you know, for the Cowboys where they're at right now, I mean, we we still have the question of who they are, mm-hmm. right? As we get into Week Eight, we still have a lot of teams. I mean, Buffalo. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how many teams do you really say? All right, they know who they are. Like even Philadelphia. Yeah. They know they got AJ Brown. They know they got out Dallas Goddard, and maybe you're starting to see some semblance of that offense start to become what we anticipated. But it's still been a struggle through seven weeks at yeah. times. Miami against better opposition. 
Look, you beat who's on the schedule, but you mm-hmm. go through. Mm-hmm. But for the Cowboys, realistically, Dak Prescott and, and Jake Ferguson's having himself a nice year. But beyond C.D. Lamb, you don't have a discernible number two. You got a bunch of guys. And they occasionally pop up and give you a big play. But to go out into the marketplace, we mentioned Sutton and Judy. I guess the other two guys that that come up into play, one, I mean, the former 100-catch guy is Hunter Renfro mm-hmm. to just be that sit-down receiver uh, that, you know, they we, we always want a, a team to have, right? Just to move the chains, do the work, dirty work. Uh, all of those kind of things that re- receivers do. I mean, like you had with Cole Beasley mm-hmm. for all those right. years, right? When he right. was catching 65, 75 balls, right? He had 2016, 2018, and then he went on to Buffalo and was doing some of the same things. Hell, maybe if he's got legs, you bring him back. He just got released. So, I mean, <laughs> from the Giants. But, um, you know, you, you've got Renfro, who's not in the mix and has philosophical issues with McDaniels, although I would imagine most guys on that team do, Bursch. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> so, so you've got him, and, and I know the price isn't going to be steep. And then you've got Hollywood Brown there in Arizona, who's in the final year of his deal. Mm-hmm. So potentially he's a guy mm-hmm. uh, that finds his way into the marketplace to Dallas or somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, and that Hollywood was the other name that definitely made a whole lot of sense, and and Renfro would add a very interesting uh, layer to that offense, and that's somebody too where Hunter Renfro is probably available in, in your leagues, like virtually every league, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And if he were, he's he's a guy who's deeper on waivers, where if he lands in a situation like Dallas, that feels like a very strong pickup because right, there's a PPR plenty, league, yes, yeah, yeah, there is plenty of potential there. Um, one team that I think is very interesting in the NFC where they could potentially add pieces that would become uh, that would take steps forward in their fantasy production. I mean, look at the Vikings. They they've they've gotten their commitment from Kirk Cousins for the season. They've won back to back games. They're they're three and four, so they're still in striking distance. Mm-hmm. And even without Justin Jefferson, um, they they've tried to add to the running back room with Cam Akers, and he broke off a, a couple decent runs on Monday night. But otherwise, if they were to add. Getting wild, a piece like a Derrick Henry, or um, if they looked at trying to fill receiver a little bit in Justin Jefferson's absence with uh, probably not one of the bigger names, but a guy like Renfro. Um, He'd kill your guy, K.J. Osborne, who just exactly. saved you from elimination in guillotine. <laughs> I know. As captured on Instagram and, and everywhere else, because uh, I had to give you your love. Yes. I, I don't think a uh, last-second catch by a player has been celebrated as much, <laughs> although I watched the same thing happen with my guy Smith while we were on air yeah. uh, in that late uh, Addison yeah. reception that just gutted him on the end of that big performance. Yeah. But the other thing, Birch, is to your point, to just uh, strengthen it e- even further is Vikings are sitting in the eight seed. Yeah. Right now, they win the tie break over the Rams, New Orleans, and Washington based on win percentage inside the conference right now. Yeah, yeah, they they do seem like a team that suddenly has played themselves into a position where being buyers for skill position guys would make a lot of sense. Yeah, at the running back position, I'd be curious to see. You know, who might be able to become available in, in, in this process, right? Um, you know, Samaji Pirine, who's mm-hmm. kind of not really in the mix in Denver. Would he have value 
somewhere else, right? As we talk about Denver selling off parts, right? I, I don't know what they, they think of McLaughlin, um, the, the rookie, uh, Jaleel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a guy that was picked up on speculation with Javante Williams still banged up. Mm-hmm. You know, even Javante Williams himself, you know, after playing himself back right. to the top of the heap. But at because at two and five, I mean, they're sitting at the bottom of the, the AFC. Mm-hmm. Right, they're zero and four against the conference, and while you know you can cite some things that might have looked better, we've we've watched the pieces of the defense broken apart. I I wouldn't be surprised if the right package came that they wouldn't get rid of Sertan. Because are you building mm-hmm. around a cornerback? No, you're not building around a cornerback. Right. Um, but for running backs that might be available, I mean they're. There's a couple of guys, right? Again, I, I don't think you know they sell off every part in Denver, but they're the one team that really makes sense where you can get rid of rid of guys, right? If James Conner were healthy, perhaps the Cardinals would be able to spin him off to a would be contender. Yeah, yeah, um, and and uh, bring up one more name at running back. Uh, the Vikings could do the funniest thing ever. And go and acquire Dalvin Cook from the Jets. Uh, it is kind of funny, right? <laughs> that 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 could be like because we've seen Cook's name mentioned. It's something yeah. you and I had discussed off air uh, at some point because the report came up. It's like, yeah, it would only take this. Like, well, I mean, how much lower can you get? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Distressed properties. I mean, watch J.C. Jackson go back to New England and look at what he's done with them. Mm-hmm. He's allowed six receptions. He's been absolutely brilliant <laughs> since going back to the Patriots and that defensive scheme after being the shining example of everything wrong with Brandon Staley's defensive tenure with the Chargers. <laughs> Play calling's a whole other category. <laughs> now, the the question there with Cook, though, is is I've seen him pop up in plenty of my leagues because plenty of owners have rightfully gotten jaded, especially with the sure. fact that Robert Sala has said that, that Brees Hall is now going to uh, run, you know, laps around the world for the rest of the season. He's, he's just going to give the ball, and rightfully so. He's a fantastic running back. Um is what we've seen from cook is he a guy where if he lands into a situation where he would definitely get more playing time he wouldn't necessarily be a bell cow but um he would go somewhere like a minnesota where he would split carries with alexander madison is he worth a speculative ad in the sense that um there's hope that he lands in a better situation or has he looked not great enough to the point where you would still kind of sit back and just let him be on waivers have somebody else in that meantime i think i would take a deep look at my roster Mm -hmm. evaluate bench slots because i'm in leagues where there's enough bench slots where there's there's going to be uh, a player or two that you're never gonna you're never gonna play. Yeah. Like they're there. Yeah. Uh, they're also in the speculative play. Mm-hmm. But like for giggles, you know, if he does go to a Minnesota or whatever, like if it's not going to cost you anything but maybe a dollar uh, of your budget, and you have the roster space that you're kind of using as a taxi service anyway, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why not? Like j- just like using the J.C. Jackson example, he goes back to Minnesota. Madison hasn't done anything to endear himself to anybody. Yeah. Acres hasn't been there long enough. A couple of big plays uh, in the Monday night win over San Francisco, especially the catch and run. But Matt Madison certainly like I've seen some horrid stats in terms of his effectiveness to pick up first downs and and certainly in in red zone situations he's been invisible 
So Dalvin Cook, if he were to return, he could go in and leech off touches and targets immediately mm-hmm. back in that system. I have no doubt of that. Um, I think they just didn't want to pay him as the bell cow. Yeah. But if he comes back as a guy who someone else's foot in the bill <laughs> and you don't have a lot invested yeah the potential is there to go you know not right back to 100 percent the role he had but look it's it's a proven like he came off like when he got dealt i was like well look at the production he had it's like well there's a lot of other factors mm-hmm. that come into it but maybe he who says you can't go home again no. you want to sing the bon jovi song or should i <laughs> you want to do the jennifer nettles part i mean i don't know but it, it does make for interesting considerations like because there's other teams that you just like well they're not going to trade mm-hmm. right the giants just won't uh in in terms of adding pieces or divesting what would what did the giants have in terms of skill position that you want outside of barkley and waller and neither and barkley got the you know mm-hmm. vote of confidence the other day yeah as for the bears man yes in fantasy you can sell a high on deontay foreman i don't think any <laughs> i don't think the rest of the league is going wait we were all wrong about that guy <laughs> I, I think that was down distance and matchup specific although uh the chargers certainly offer a great opportunity on mm. Sunday night football when I'll be in attendance screaming myself hoarse of course <laughs> um but yeah I, I think that really ties it up yes for for trade partners at least what seems obvious there's always potentially something crazy behind the scenes or teams that fancy themselves contenders at least on the surface you know if the price is right comes through and hopefully they're not as dumb uh with the outward statements as jerry jones going not on us you know we're gonna have to we like our team someone will have to call us and initiate <laughs> come on jerry be better than that be better than that because we need well but i appreciate the sound bite he's ryan bershiger i'm mike Harmon here i want your flex coming up as we continue uh we'll get into some of the news items right new quarterbacks uh keep that count going bursh we'll see if we can top last year's over under uh we'll get after that as we continue on i watch flex i'm saleya mosin and i've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the united states In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We continue on. I watch your flex. Mike Harmon, Ryan Bershinger with you. Dan Beyer on assignment, scouting trading card shops uh, and good places to find cheese curds for us. He'll be back with us as we get ready for week eight in earnest. But for now, we're looking at some of the big headlines uh, across the NFL Bersh. And, and we keep that count going. I joked about it ahead of the break. You know, all of the quarterback news and and things circling around and first off you know on a Wednesday we got a definitive hey Deshaun Watson's not playing this week so um, (laughs) at least they're moving up the timeline each week as Cleveland gets ready for Seattle yeah, uh, uh, would have been nice if you did that last week, but hey, that's it. well. <laughs> but but you know what? That that affected a lot of fantasy it, it squads, it right? Really Where did. it came down to the wire, and folks yeah. were like, "Well, all right, I'm leaving them in." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of them, and uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good on PJ Walker for finally getting a contract, despite being their starting quarterback for like three weeks now. Um, but, yeah, because so. they can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. They they ran out of the uh, practice squad. Exam- <laughs> um, so so congratulations pj a uh, uh, well-deserved um, baseball player out of options yeah, same exactly. idea. you're it's either with us or not yeah you gotta get dfa'd if uh, <laughs> i can't bring him back um so yeah i mean 
geez, uh, it's as we mentioned like last time. Uh, Watson looked so bad even before he had the non-concussion. Uh, it, it's it's clear there's something wrong with his arm, and <laughs> it's just something wrong with him. Um, so yeah, a lot a lot of question about Juan too. I know our colleague uh, Brady Quinn mm-hmm. uh, going back and forth with uh, who was it Quincy Avery mm-hmm. uh, in terms of want to and desire and contract. Avery, who was also on Twitter at one point, saying, I don't know, once a man gets his money, what's his motivation? It's like, again, <laughs> speaking outside of his – he was speaking of a different situation, but certainly it's being used back and thrown back in his in his face going, hey, hey, how are these different? Um, but it, it certainly has created a lot of angst. Now, you got a great defense, and they eke out the win, controversial as it may be against the Colts, Bursch, but you know, with P.J. Walker – you know the running running back room is is all battered and bruised. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, trying to find the way forward. Yeah, yeah. I I was able to grab Pierre Strong in a league, which I'm excited there because you go. that team has zero running backs. So, uh, and Kareem Hunt, I believe, didn't practice on Wednesday. That's so, right. Um, so that's uh, yeah. I, I feel I feel good about that addition. He's going to get plenty of work. Um, but overall, I mean, we've seen this this offense actually. Uh, some pieces have been okay under PJ Walker. Elijah Moore, unfortunately, has gotten to the point where he. He's droppable, mm-hmm. um, uh, but otherwise, um, Cooper is Cooper will... startable? Uh, it, it's two of the last three weeks. He's been the invisible man. Yeah, I, I guess the the matchup is pretty good. So mm-hmm. the I, I I think it would depend on on your other options, but the matchup is there for Cooper. So I think that this week he would be, especially since they've, they've gotten a, a pretty early handle on who's going to actually play quarterback. Hopefully that helps them going into this week. So um, I would, I would probably, I would play Cooper this week. All right. Well, we look ahead on the schedule just because it's fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, next week we could have Josh Dobbs. Yeah. against pj walker all right. <laughs> all right i'm already starting to see the the tweets and the quotes from all the folks in cleveland uh, about <laughs> getting ready to prepare for that game going okay let's talk about this a second shall we uh so we've got that news uh in tennessee ryan Tannehill, not much of a surprise even coming out of the bye week he's not going to be able to go so it's will levis getting the call uh we referenced it in the first segment uh vrabel uh, a little chippy with reporters uh, when being asked about the quarterbacks and parsing uh, practice performances. Will you run a two-quarterback system with Malik Willis? All of these things. Uh, So a a bit of chaos there, but again, it lends itself to the I have no idea what to expect from Will Levis. I enjoyed watching him play in college. You know, will he just come out, big gun in it to to Hopkins? In theory, you get Traylon Burks back as your speed option downfield. For fantasy purposes, it's it's not about him, right? That's a that's a two QB, uh, super flex, de- active desperation. Again, no buys this week, but with enough injuries uh, and question marks and whatever. Uh, and let's face it, people are looking at what the spread is set at <laughs> and yeah. projections in their leagues as well. Really? 
I, I mean, it, it does at least get you into a little bit of intrigue, although it's just such a difficult proposition against a pretty good Atlanta defense. 36 and a half the total for this one. Goodness. Oh, ugly. Yeah. Will Levis or uh, Desmond Ritter? Go. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, I mean, I will. I, I have to pick Desmond Ritter there. but Because uh, he's played before? <laughs> yep, yep. That's pretty much it. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you send him the sticky tape? <laughs> but legitimately, with with Levis, I mean, I I don't I don't know how much I mean WR three for DeAndre. Yeah, that's that, maybe. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to play him with any sort of confidence this week. Um, you're you're playing Derrick Henry, but really only because he's Derrick Henry, and even then he's not really Derrick Henry. If that all makes sense, like what are we talking <laughs> back end number two, right? Yeah, I mean, and and just hoping. <laughs> Look, I, you got the gift a couple weeks ago of the jump pass yeah. touchdown <laughs> that that put you over, but otherwise yeah. it's it's a pretty dismal run. Ugh, yeah, yeah, and uh, on the other side of that ball, because given how low that that scoring is, um, there's not much. I mean, you'll you'll play Bijan assuming that he's uh, <laughs> he's he's fully but, healthy. But, but, but think about that. I yeah. mean, like, like we talked about it to to come in, and obviously against Baltimore, you got a pretty good game out of Henry, right? He's mm-hmm. had. Uh, 18 points in that one, 24 against Cincinnati, uh, 17 going back to that Charger game. Uh, but for Bijan Robinson, I mean, and we'll talk about it in earnest with the, the full week eight load. But, I mean, try, trying to parse out some some weaponry in that game, boy, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, uh, it, Drake London is still getting a steady load of targets, so um, he's he's still an option. But it's, I want to say it's not a great matchup. But they did they lose Bayard in the secondary, so maybe maybe it's a little easier to throw on them. But also, there you go. You know, you, you, you can still, you throw it? Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> know that one that one catch everybody wanted to make about Kyle Pitts, like he gained four yards, yeah, or seven yards, or whatever the hell that <laughs> yeah. was, was a short pass. Great, great route, great, great hands and concentration. Mm. But uh, pushing forward, thirty six and a half the total there. Mm. Giants and Jets is thirty seven. At least the rest of the NFL slate we're into the 40s a lot of low 40s mm-hmm. but we're at least into the 40s this week and and obviously keeping an eye on, on things the Cleveland Seattle total as we sat down to record uh, had been off the board as they mm-hmm. try to make sense of who's available who's not mm-hmm. uh, for the Browns particularly uh, we know the quarterback situation but in that running back room uh, whether anybody's up obviously we know already Jerome Ford being out but you lose Kareem Hunt as you said very astutely, you picked up Pierre Strong. It's a good name too. So I mean, we get we got to celebrate that uh, as we go. Let, let's do one more quarterback situation now. Long term, there's no doubt that Daniel Jones uh, will reclaim his spot as the starter. Even though a lot of people are clamoring for Terod Taylor, uh, based on the way the offense has moved the last couple of weeks, is it perfect? No. Uh, but does it look like a, a more cohesive unit? I don't know if it's Justin Pugh straight off the couch that helps solidify a little something. Uh, he, you know, he graded out as their best offensive lineman. I'm just going to leave that there. Right. Uh, a guy who had been sitting on the couch for <laughs> months at a time. Uh, and one of the last guys standing from the class of 2013 uh, first round, which is a whole other uh, interesting phenomenon to get into. Granted, it's a decade ago, but 
you know, given the way players, especially offensive and defensive linemen and some of these uh, skill position players hang around, uh, it's kind of interesting. But that's a story for another time. Uh, Saquon Barkley back, obviously, back end number one against the Jets, maybe high end two, depending on how you're feeling. But we at least got Darren Waller back into the good graces of fantasy mm-hmm. owners. Now, they tried to the week before in a uh, the controversial end against Buffalo. Uh, we don't need to re-legislate that. Uh, but we, we look at where the, the Giants are with Terod Taylor. At least it looks like a semblance uh, of an, an actual offense. How much I trust any of the other component parts, now that's another story. Yeah, and, and not to make this entirely about Darren Waller, but when – after that game against the Seahawks, where Waller had three catches on three targets, 21 yards, um, we had talked about just how bleak it was looking for Darren Waller this season because his numbers just were not up to snuff. They weren't. We weren't seeing the production that we were hoping. And I think after that game, the Giants coaching staff also was like, you know he's the best receiver we have maybe we should try throwing him the ball more 11 targets seven targets eight targets since then and of course with two of those games you have Terod Taylor at quarterback um so every everything has looked better with Terod Taylor at quarterback but I I also wonder if part of that is because there is a greater concerted effort to get the ball to their best receiver um so yeah I I still feel great about playing Waller moving forward um the Jets do have a, a, a strong defense but um so otherwise you know it's yet yeah, Saquon and Waller but the that's really the only options you're going for with the with the Giants yeah the running joke with uh Smith and I going on the uh, decade we've been been on air is even the lowest uh hanging fruit uh or I should say the um the, the guy you've never heard of, uh, go through the wrong analogy. The guy you've never heard of at tight end for a team will still have a day. Yeah. Uh, so for Waller, the lowest hanging fruit, um, just go and pick it. They are, they've given up the second most fantasy points per game to tight ends this year. Uh, everything we know about the greatness on the corners, and even when they're down to their fourth and fifths and whatever, those guys still have stepped in well. Uh, but against tight ends, uh, they're beatable. As for Waller, I mean, you, you've got you know two top 10 finishes in the last three weeks Mm -hmm. so you take your uh your your goodness and as you said 26 targets you know more more love there you wish one of the other receivers would step up be it Hyatt or Slayton or some of the long-standing guys but none of them are are trustworthy at all and certainly in a game with a 37 total um it's it's curious but if they go and they play well and they're able to eke out a home win as a home dog against the Jets. Don't know, uh, you know, Daniel Jones might might sit a little while longer. And uh, I I think he should. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I agree with it. I I think that um, Taylor has looked capable, and uh, Daniel Jones has not. <laughs> yeah, season, there's something so. to be said for the KG veteran. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said. And, and we're not in the locker room, so you're, right. you're just guessing. But, I mean, the offensive line mm-hmm. the first few weeks, like it's always the – I don't sit with a stopwatch, right, as to how long a, a player takes to get rid of the ball. There's feel, and it feels like Daniel Jones waits for separation that never comes instead of taking what might be there. And that's one thing for Terod Taylor. Uh, and I know there were a lot of jokes uh, – for folks, you know, calling him young and whatever <laughs> in the social media sphere. Like, like he's, he's a guy that's been around. 
and he knows to get the ball out, right? That was one of the things we talked about uh, earlier in the week, talking about what Tyson Bajan did for the Bears. Coming out of the offense he had in college, he knows, boom, I got, I got a second or two. Let's find our read. Let's get the ball out and make positive plays because we need to limit it in negative plays. And that's the one thing Terod Taylor has been much better at. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not even a debate. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you just can't take the sack. You can't take uh, the negative plays where you put your lineman in a bad position trying to extend a play. So now you got to hold. Nothing's going to kill a drive more than that. And Terod Taylor, being the veteran, knows not to do that. And there's your uh, there, your football 101, uh, in addition to the fantasy advice of, of loving on Darren Waller. Was there anything else that hit the news? Uh, there was one I, I had left, the Michael Pittman, because uh, he was very frustrated. I don't even know if I'm part of this offense. Uh, it's like, And then he came back, and I think someone pointed out a stat sheet and said, you know, you realize um, – you're the most targeted guy around here. <laughs> and I know Downs has uh, had his moments, and we've talked about him a lot with Gardner Minshew uh, and the message there. Uh, but in Indianapolis, look, Minshew's going to keep winging the ball. There's no change in that. So for Pittman, for Downs, you've got opportunity. Was there anything else that was on your radar? Uh, no, no, I, th- I, I think that's it. I, we had talked about uh, the, the Titan stuff and how I, I the only thing I noticed, too, was, and, and you mentioned it, how Mike Vrabel looked uh, uh, <laughs> rather looked perturbed. Really, yeah. he, he got on a, a reporter's case because of the way they were holding their hands. <laughs> he was like, well, don't put your hands down. Don't, don't Are you asking a question? Like Are you like what? Like it was one of the weirdest. Like we're just seeing stupidity in these exchanges. Right. I, like we're not doing college football, but. We could do a whole lecture on what the hell's going on, and 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 I hope Lincoln Riley's okay, right? <laughs> Missing practices due to illness and Kingsbury yeah, out yeah. there, or whatever. But certainly at the beginning of the week, it was not a good look. But yeah. uh, and not allowing his team to to participate in stuff post game. But you know some of the mm-hmm. the answers getting short with reporters, getting a little bit uh, no no no, hey combative, like. Wow, it's 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 just a curious kind of time across these leagues, and for Vrabel, you assume he's there as long as he wants to be. But mm-hmm. you know that little we and love fest that he got over there in Foxborough uh, ahead of the Patriots win over Buffalo, I think raised a few eyebrows, yeah. and maybe he's feeling a little salty that you know with Tannehill being unavailable, it's like this is what I got. <laughs> I wonder because I couldn't see what the reporter looked like. I'm just choosing they were like Ricky Bobby in that interview where they just kind of have he's gonna, he doesn't know what to do with his hands, and then Brable's like, "Put put your hands down. What, what, what you, don't don't look at me like that. You're kind of gesturing. You're kind of not. You're 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 grabbing the air around your head, searching for words. We've seen people do that, right? And and behind the scenes, I mean, you know, like you've produced a lot of shows, been part of a lot of shows. Uh, you do your swing shift podcast with Bo Benson uh, the wrap up of the Dodgers season and I'm sure a World Series preview will be up here uh, in short order talking uh, Rangers Diamondbacks and saltiness about the Cubs collapse that allowed the Diamondbacks to have this run Uh, but but all of that so download that wherever you get your podcasts as well Uh, give Ryan and Bo some love uh, on that one but I mean you've done it right you just start you've got an idea but you haven't formed it because it just hits you uh, as you're talking so you start moving your hands about and you're not talking with your hands right the old you know i'm I'm pointing at the camera and i'm being 
emphatic about what I'm saying. No, this is kind of like you're just literally grasping at the air. So I think that's what might have been there. At least that's the picture I got, and Vrabel had enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah, just uh, fun times in Tennessee right now. Stress levels high, <laughs> no question about it. He's Ryan Bersiger. I'm Mike Harmon here, Fox. Sports radio is where you find us during the week. And, of course, here on the I Want Your Flex podcast uh, multiple times during the course of the week. We'll be back with the streaming defenses, uh, all the hot plays, cold sores, rankings, and whatever. Uh, I'll give myself uh, as good a pat of the back as I can through the first seven weeks, Bursch, in the fantasy pros world where we put up some rankings. Number two in quarterbacks. All right, there we go. Not quite nice. sure, but I've found, I've figured that part out. Now, if I could only move up the ranks at running back, woeful, <laughs> woeful running backs. Uh, but I think most of us have been throwing darts on that position uh, over the course of the year. But all of that and more, and Dan will be back with his, give, let me tell you one thing, uh, give me one reason. Uh, and maybe we'll do the musical accompaniment of that, of that as well. And we'll get uh, tales of his road uh, in the Midwest and trying to keep an eye on games uh, while dealing with family, which is always a fun and exciting world. Bursch, uh, any last thoughts on this world as we get into week eight? Good, bad, ugly, someone you want to rant against? Uh, no, no. I think I've, uh, I, I've put out my negativity towards Deshaun Watson enough, so I think, I, I think I'm good. All right. We'll, we'll let it lay there for now. Uh, we'll, we'll dredge that up on the next episode of I Want Your Flex. Thanks for listening. Evangelize. Uh, give it five stars. Uh, tell it to your neighbors, your friends, uh, family members. We appreciate the support uh, and y'all being part of the extended family. Good luck this week. Uh, we'll be back with rankings and more uh, as the week continues as we get ready for week eight in earnest. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.